Welcome to Radio Finance, the podcast that helps you understand the transformative developments taking place in the world today. Good afternoon from Singapore. Uh, welcome to our Radio Finance virtual dialogue. We have assembled a distinguished group of senior executives from business and technology across leading institutions in Vietnam to assess the next step in the digital transformation journey and evolution of various banks in the country and how it is redefining operational processes and service delivery. I am Mubashir Kazmi, head of research at the Asian Banker, and I'll be your host for the next 60 minutes. I'm happy that we have a multifaceted virtual dialogue that will look at the topic from both business, product, and technology perspectives. Even before the pandemic, Vietnamese institutions had been digitizing at a great speed to survive and thrive in an increasingly complex competitive environment. Now, digitally native organizations in the country are using their direct to customer channels to deliver highly personalized experiences at scale. Platform companies are also bringing more value to customers by focusing on addressing customer pain points and also unbundling traditional value chains to forge new business models. The lower barriers of entry in market combined with easy access to capital are creating new competitors that play by different rules. Resultingly, banks have significantly enhanced their pace of digitalization and these efforts are manifested through upgraded front-end digital delivery and optimize processes with changes to backend operations, infrastructure, technology, and underlying business models. In this session, we will discuss how Vietnam's most progressive banks have designed their digital strategy to better position themselves in the coming decade. Some of the topics that we'll be discussing today include how Vietnamese banks are driving digital-first operating models by leveraging the power of cloud to deploy new applications or migrate existing business critical ones. How banks are leveraging new technologies like AI, APIs, RPA, and more to respond to the crisis, enable operational resilience, deliver personalized engagement, and accelerate innovation-led growth. Finally, we'll also be looking at what's next in terms of digitizing core businesses in terms of lending, deposits, and payments. I would like to take this opportunity to welcome Dr. Nguyen Hung, the Secretary General of the Vietnam Banks Association. Dr. Hung has been appointed as Secretary General of the Vietnam Banks Association for Term 7, and he has more than 35 years of experience in the Vietnamese banking industry. He's also a former general director of the Department of Credit for Economic Sectors at the State Bank of Vietnam and has held many management positions in different banking and financial institutions in the country. So with that said, um, you know, let's, uh, let's commence with the introduction of our guests. Um, so uh, first, um, we have with us uh, uh, Ms. Nguyen. Uh, Executive Vice President, uh, Digital Banking and Data and Analytics uh, at Asia Commercial Bank. Um, also with us is uh, Brian Carroll, uh, the CEO of uh, Tenex uh, Digital Bank. Um, and joining him as well is uh, Kalidas Rosa, the Vice Chairman and CEO, uh, FE Credit, uh, the, the, the largest uh, uh, consumer finance company in Vietnam and a subsidiary of uh, VP Bank. 
Um, and wrapping up the panel is uh, Raja Shikara uh, Maya, who's uh, the Vice President, uh, Global Head for Business Consulting at Infosys uh, Finical. I'd like to welcome everyone um, to, uh, to this session. Um, for, the, for the Vietnamese uh, banking sector, uh, looking, uh, looking at the events really of 2021, uh, which has completely reset the expectations um, of customers and has really accelerated several existing trends that were already in place uh, in, 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 the, in the industry. Um, government, in, government measures to protect citizens and the rapid changes we're seeing in co consumer behavior has, has changed the operating environment for market players, you know, large or small worldwide. Uh, with that said, as digital transformation deepens, the, the management of banks is expected to transition towards a leaner, smarter, and more efficient uh, business model. Um, so digital transformation has that potential to allow Vietnamese banks uh, to capture a much larger amount of data from an increasingly uh, number of sources and to also better utilize this data to serve both uh, decision-making and uh, the customers, essentially. Um, it will also help and enable the country's banks to reduce costs while also increasing operational efficiency and revenue. Uh, and this will be generated, of course, through innovation in, in products, services, and distribution channels. More importantly, with the right implementation, customer experience can be greatly enhanced. Um, so underlying all of this is, of course, that power of modern technologies that is the potential to unlock limitless, unlimited uh, possibilities. Vietnamese banks definitely are making continuous efforts uh, in, in, in terms of the digital transformation and in hope of gaining a competitive advantage and capturing a larger share of the market. Uh, to this end, uh, we do see that a majority of Vietnamese banks have either implemented or are in the process of enhancing their digital transformation uh, strategies. Now, looking at that first uh, topic uh, in terms of how Vietnamese banks are driving digital first operating models, um, really leveraging the power of the cloud uh, in terms of deploying new applications and or migrating existing business critical ones, uh, I do believe that in general, you know, to keep up with the changing times and to stay ahead of the potential disruptions that, you know, in terms of the business models that banks have used, especially as they relate to front office operations, uh, that needs to be adjusted. Um, so modernizing your applications uh, is one element that can help facilitate the development of uh, omni-channel products uh, and deliver better customer engagement. Um, so we'll probably start off with uh, Nguyen, um, you know, what, what has been the experience um, at ACB uh, and, and can you share with us any obstacles or challenges that you have faced or perhaps uh, tangible success stories at ACB? When we talk about, you know, our experience in, in keeping up with uh, changing times and facing potential disruptions, uh, you know, our transformation has very much been a, a journey that comes from inside out. Um, and, and it, of course, has a lot of challenges that are coming from uh, transform, transforming from inside out. And the way we look at transformation is that it's not only um, about technology, but also about innovative, way, innovative ways of designing user-centered solutions. And a lot of disruptions doesn't you know, just come from technology, but it's the way that, that that we deliver solutions differently to, to users. Um, so, so on this uh, transformation uh, journey, um, I think we 
as we start from, from inside out, it has been both uh, front end and back end. Uh, so in order to deliver uh, a digital customer experience, we have to also uh, transform the way that we do our internal processes. The first cloud implementation that we had was actually our uh, ERP system. We were the first bank to launch cloud ERP. And then we also digitized our uh, you know, collateral appraisal system, digitizing our approval process in order to deliver a digital journey to service our customer because it's not just the front end. When we uh, transform from inside out, some of the challenges has been balancing uh, between you know speed versus uh, risk management uh, because we were still we started from a brick and mortar business model very successful so in transforming and doing something new there are a lot of uh, conflicting interests that we have to balance uh, we have to balance between customer experience with you know uh, development complications versus uh, risk management. Uh, an example uh, for that would be our EKYC project. One little detail is that we want customers to be onboarded from their natural touch point, um, which would probably be Facebook or Zalo, you know, or web browser, rather than from an app that you force them to download. Uh, well, meanwhile, uh, it means that it's more challenging to our development uh, team because it means that we have to make sure that we can be compatible to all sorts of web browsers and devices. We're proud to say that we managed to launch EKYC, balancing all that within five months, probably not something that is very impressive for a fintech or a startup, you know, but we did achieve all of these uh, objectives where we have very stringent uh, liveness detection. Certainly an interesting journey uh, from, from, from your perspective. Um, I'd like to bring uh, Brian in as well. And if you can share with us, uh, you know, uh, Tenex's experience you know, as a pure play digital bank that, you know, already had a digital first uh, posture. Hearing what ACB have done is, is amazing and seeing what VP Bank have done is, is amazing. And, and I agree with everything that's been said so far. Um, I've been involved in digital since 1994. Before we called it transformation, I've been a few, a few of these dogfights. What I think is really important, if I look at the industry first, is there's a definite confusion, not just in Vietnam, but across the world and what actually we're trying to achieve. So everyone, if we look at digitization across financial services or across any vertical, it's fundamentally broken into two parts, optimization, which is about making your current business go faster and better, picking various customer journeys and making them go faster. But that's okay. You know, that, that is valid. You'll see projects like robotic process automation. You'll see products like master data management. And typically you will see that that organization is on a optimization journey. But transformation, let's stop for a second, is about the development of new value propositions that better engage your customer and deliver sustainable income. Now, to do that in a digital world is very, very, very difficult. And I break it down into two approaches. Um, and one I call Brownfield. And they're the traditional big transformation programs that you see. Um, they've stopped very much in the West, um, big core, you know, disappear, for, make promises to the board and, and revise every board meeting. 
and they typically fail. And depending on what consultancy company statistics or research you're looking at, between seven and 10 of them fail. Why? Because it's very difficult. So, you know, I'm lucky I'm, I'm not in my old world where um, you see the obstacles and the main obstacle is technical debt. If you look across Asia, the top 100 banks in Asia Pac, the average age of core infrastructure is about 17 and a half years old. You know, that's older than some of my customers. And it's very, very hard to unbake that cake. And, and particularly, the difficulty isn't at the front. You know, you can put a nice channel, but just because you put a different coat of paint on a car doesn't make it a faster car. You know, you have to look at, as, as, as the previous speaker said so well, you have to look at front, middle, and back, because true transformation happens in the middle and the back. Right. Um, so if we look at the second part, and, and, and we're seeing a lot of banks across Asia, I suppose the vanguard of that in Asia was Digibank or DBS, who've taken a greenfield approach. They recognize that it is very, very, very difficult to take a brownfield and turn it into a bank, a digital bank. There's too much technical debt. You end up bankrupt trying to pay it off or you destroy your existing business. And that involves creation of a bank on the side. Now that bank on the side has no technical debt. It's digitally native. Right. It has new ways of working. Um, but of course it has a problem and it's the culture problem. And the culture is the difference here. You know, we all know this, we all have read Drucker's, you know, age old mm. culture eats for breakfast every day. Right. Um, but also there's a very interesting one that I live by, which is by a mathematician called Melville Conway. And he, no truer word was said that organizations are destined to deliver solutions that match their communication structures. And after consulting and working and building the odd green field bank, you know, the fact that you're connected to an old culture who defines success by different KPIs makes it difficult, but achievable. And then we look at the blue banks out there, you know, the, the digitally native, no connection from the past. And you see how successfully they're moving like the new banks of the world. It's important that we don't mix the two. As for obstacles in a digitally only bank, it's not the technology, cloud, the design patterns are there, API patterns are there, open banking patterns are there, microservice patterns are there. You know, cloud deployment has democratized a lot of this and made it faster, ways of working are there. But the biggest challenge is the culture. Um, and it was referred to by the last speaker. Um, I'm a banker for, what, 28 years now? And we were taught by risk. And we were taught in a different way of measuring risk. But how you measure risk in digital, okay, we still have this challenge, of course, we're all you know, in the banking financial services industry. We're trying to balance growth with cost and with risk. But how you do that in digital is different because the tools you have are different. But the culture, you need to not be afraid to fail, but fail forward, fail quickly. You need to be able to respond very quickly. Never signed so much paper in my life than I have signed to Vietnam. Um, the culture is very much emerging some organizations are getting it right but the winners in vietnam and digital will transformation you know getting sustainable business models and being able to change it won't be technology the technology is freely available on the cloud with amazon with azure that it will be the people that can attract the right talent and there's one amazing talent battle going on in vietnam at the moment and who can actually wrap that with a culture which is not based on command and control mm. but is based on the culture of best idea must win right and uh, not the most senior guy sitting at the top of the table but best idea must win
you've touched upon culture, but uh, also looking at the technology aspect of, of, of things and specifically around cloud solutions. And I'd like to bring Kalidas into this as well, uh, you know, and, and really to give us a sense in terms of, you know, how FE Credit has, has responded to, to the, these uh, digitally ready, uh, you know, uh, players who are uh, really uh, looking uh, to, to outcompete, uh, you know, conventional uh, uh, traditional brick and mortar operators, you know, in terms of delivery of digitally based financial services. So, so, so Kalidas, if, if you could also weigh in your thoughts in terms of leveraging the power of the cloud. So to give a background, FE Credit actually started on a very traditional model, but the uh, aspiration to innovate was all, always there. I mean, even when we uh, spread ourselves to more than, let's say 10,000, 12,000 dealer outlets, we were still using technology to bring back information to a centralized uh, uh, shop for doing underwriting. So our underwriting, for example, was centralized despite having a distribution network that spread across as many as 12, 15,000 dealer outlets. So that was even in our very early stages, but then we were able to grow uh, because of the rightness of the market, the appropriateness of our entry, we were able to garner a large market share, but around three to four years back, we realized that the whole industry was changing. And it was changing not merely because there were new players emerging, but because uh, customer behavior was changing as well. So we look, uh, took a very careful look at our business model and we uh, split it into three different work streams or modules for doing this transformation. So the first part was around our customer interface. And there we, realized that our traditional intermediary driven sales agent driven kind of model for acquiring customers uh, is a thing of the past. I mean, we would continue to do so. Maybe some of the journeys would begin physically, but ultimately it has to end in a, on a digital mode and it has to onboard the customer to a digital platform, which would, become the, which would ultimately become the engagement platform, be it a chat engine, be it a mobile app, be it a website or any other form. Uh, so that's why we th that's where we started making it possible for our customers to access us from the convenience of the of the device held in their palm. Being a new customer, deliver or or access our loans uh, within ten minutes time. If you had a bank account, you could apply and you could get and at any point of time in the day because we completely removed human intervention. So that was the way we changed customer interface. We also looked at our backend because we realized that it is not going to be possible for us to, to deliver these services at the front end unless we change our back. We used to have vertical systems like loan origination, lead management, collection, et cetera. And we completely made them into a horizontal business process management software. We put it on one of the most successful or most sophisticated BPM solutions. And we right. designed customer journeys at the back, which could interface at the front. And of course that process involved robotization or robotic automation of some of the processes. And ultimately we put that entire stack and I guess we were among the first, if not the first large institution, at least a billion dollar plus balance sheet to put it on the cloud, uh, yeah. entire tech and IT stack. And that opened up new opportunities for us because on the cloud, there were APIs available, which could help us to connect the dots and, and ease customer journeys or make them more convenient. For example, buying uh, a product on e-commerce site or uh, hailing down a cab on, on, on a ride hailing app or, you know, paying an utility bill. So the whole process involved changing the structure of the backend, uh, the middle and the backend, uh, putting it on cloud and then opening mm -hmm. it up to APIs in turn. And finally, the final module yeah. was very successful was around our data analytics. So we realized that all these changes are going to uh, generate a lot of data. And that data need to be uh, utilized, not just for risk management, but also for uh, for uh, sales and marketing purposes, uh, for contextual marketing, et cetera. 
And now I'm proud to say that uh, it, it was not just a analytics project for the sake of an analytics project, but more than 30% of our revenues are coming from use cases, which right. we launched as part of that exercise. So right. that was the complete journey. And now we can probably lay claim to be as digital as we can. And now you can see our new model called Ubank, which is now expanding our services from being a lending company into a full service digital bank for the 12 million or nearly 25% of Vietnam that we serve. So broadly looking at some of the compliance uh, uh, challenges and, and the question really is around, uh, you know, what are the what are the existing regulations uh, and compliance requirements in place for those who are looking to moving uh, customer data to the cloud in Vietnam today? The other, really the, the broader element that I, which, you, which you've also alluded to is, you know, in terms of utilizing, uh, you know, data for, for risk management purposes and broadly, you know, the balancing both, uh, you know, culture in terms of driving digital transformation and, and the risks that may uh, result, uh, you know, due to that. Uh, so would, would you be able to give us some insight on this as well, Kalidash? Uh, uh, With regard to the data, I think the local regulations allow for cloud transformation uh, by being compliant using technology modules which are already available. So which basically uh, maintains the, uh, the, the, the privacy and the confidentiality norms that the local regulations uh, regulators uh, specify. So without getting into the details of what those regulations are and how we have complied to each and every one of them, uh, it is. Uh, it, would, it should suffice to say that most of the more advanced uh, uh, techno technology or application platforms that are on the cloud that we have used at least have been able to encrypt data, for example, encrypt and decrypt data during transmission, maintain local hardware, local uh, backups for uh, for uh, uh, for salvage for bringing up systems if they go down on the cloud, for example. So and make sure that you know some most of the data is residing locally. Uh, the data used for application processing purposes used on a tokenized basis. So there are uh, some, you know, uh, well-established but sophisticated technology solutions which are available to help us comply with the data regulations that we have. So that is actually, if I may dare say so, not a hurdle or an excuse for not adopting the cloud as a as a platform. <laughs> and uh, with regard to the uh, you know utilization of data. Yes. I guess that's where the real imagination innovation comes through. Again, there are models which are emerging all over the world. So, you know, having a good uh, watchtower function for 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 looking at the developments around the world and bringing it to your own organization, to your own market is also uh, a very important capability. And right. building capabilities internally. I mean, it took us almost a year and a half to build the data platform, the, the decision science platform that we had to build in the data warehouse, uh, the BI solution, the modeling platform, and also the technology, the talent, which uh, Brian alluded to, which is very, very important, uh, which uh, took us time to build use cases and apply them in practice. I'll just uh, segue here to to Maya, actually, um, and on that note, uh, you know, to to talk about the, the deployment of cloud-based technology, and given that, you know, it's, it's still uh, in, a, in a state of flux and there's a lot of evolution, um, and you know what value do you, do you believe that it provides to to FIs? Uh, so so Maya, o over to you on this. What we have seen is that globally, uh, there's a lot of uh, development uh, happening from the perspective of transforming the legacy and moving into the cloud. From a demographic perspective, uh, Vietnam has almost 157% uh, mobile penetration. Compared to a population of around 98 million people, we have more than 157 million mobile connections. And especially in the rural area, you have almost 60% covered with the smartphones. 
And also, if you now look at uh, uh, the Vietnamese unbanked and underbanked population, which is around 60% of the total population, and uh, considering the demography from the perspective of the younger generation, more than 70% uh, uh, of the population is less than 30 years of age. So all this combination, plus the development that have taken place in the technology area, if you now look at the cost of computation has come down drastically, almost 33% CAGR. Cost of communication has come down almost 30% CAGR. And cost of storage has also come down almost 35% CAGR on a yearly basis from the last 10 years. Mm -hmm. So all of these things are adding into a situation where uh, banks should be now, if they want to now go and address this unbanked and underbanked population, and as well as try to retain and sustain the existing customer relationship, you cannot expect them to come to a physical branches and pandemic has actually accentuated the problem. So those digital services has to be delivered to their devices because more and more power is moving to the end points. So this is where we see cloud kind of technologies are going to come in handy from the perspective of reducing the cost and at will, the bank should be able to now expand or contract depending on the number of uh, load or number of accounts or number of customers that they're adding onto the environment. And more importantly, it is going to be from a cost efficiency perspective, the yeah. banks are going to be asset light and you have now hyperscalers providing these services in every geography and every region. And as Mr. Kalidas mentioned, and these players are also are abiding by the regulatory expectations of each of these countries, including Vietnam, whether it's respect to the low data localization or making sure that you have protection around privacy and confidentiality. Mm -hmm. And moreover, they are also assuming the security aspect of it because you more and more get into digital, there are more and more chances of cybersecurity coming into and haunting you. And these people are ready to take those responsibility and write the insurance or indemnities for you to make sure that it is going to be valuable for you. And lastly, yeah. compared to a decade back, uh, we did not have much of uh, the cloud uh, knowledge and skill sets and talent available in the market, but nowadays it is available. So you have an access to whole to use of community who are going to help you in terms of make your journey a lot more simpler, a lot more seamless and a lot more cheaper. And this is what we have seen globally and is equally applicable to Vietnamese market as well. The industry is is really uh, not, um, uh, you know, taken or ad adopted uh, to the scale that, you know, we would like. Um, so clearly regulation is not a, a hindrance, uh, you know, in, in this instance. Um, but where, where do you see the challenges are in terms of, you know, the in institution's adoption of, of uh, leveraging cloud? What we are seeing globally, and it is equally applicable to the region that we are currently talking about, mm. I think the whole definition and the nature of work, workplace, and workforce is changing. The pandemic has completely changed that paradigm. So you don't have to go to an office location. Everything is coming to you because of the, the nature of the situation that we are in, as well as in terms of the technology available. Right. Keeping this in mind, it is very important that the technology is related to that also needs to be empaneled and, and you have to now em, uh, embrace them. For example, if you don't want the workforce to come to an office and it has to be now working from home or work from anywhere that they are looking at, Cloud is the technology which will enable them to access the, the servers or the applications or the solutions that they're uh, ready to work on. And that is going to be delivered onto their uh, uh, devices. Cloud as a technology is trying to help the global organizations, including financial institutions, to adapt to the new reality and help uh, adjust to this 
definition changing around work, workplace, and workforce. Would banks prefer to deploy it on a private or public cloud, um, you know, and would they prefer a vendor uh, management deployment or a bank management? Yeah, um, we're a cloud first, uh, AWS first bank. If you're not in cloud, you're not going to transform because it's uh, workforce is one part of it, but this, to move at the speed and to deliver the services that customers want, you can't do it internally. It doesn't facilitate it. You can't use old keys to open new doors. The cloud argument's already over. Um, how we implemented it, we used a VPC, we used private cloud for security, um, and obviously a very, very tight landing zone configuration to, to, to uh, garden wall or wall garden that. On implementation, you know, let's be open and honest. It's coming back to talent, guys. You can't get good cloud people in Singapore, Hong Kong, or London at the moment because everybody needs these guys. So partnership is a huge part of this. So in Vietnam, it's very exciting to see that these partnerships, these companies that are specializing are, are, are appearing. Um, we use TechX uh, down out of, out of Ho Chi Minh, and we also used Amazon uh, services. So... That worked really well. And since we're we're looking at uh, you know the application, the strength of, of uh, the various cloud strategies uh, in place, um, so I'd like uh, uh, Nguyen and Kalidas to also weigh in in terms of uh, you know the you, you, you utilizing these emerging technologies such as AI, APIs, and RPAs that 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 is that you know that cloud uh, enables. Um, you know how how are your banks actually introducing or enabling uh, uh, you know service enhancement to your customers? Um, and, you know, broadly supporting uh, your own business growth. For us, I, I think one of, uh, for, for ACB going forward, I think one of the most important objectives uh, after we uh, have a look at, you know, a more um, digital first kind of strategy, mm -hmm. uh, being more user-centered is actually for ecosystem building. Uh, so in leveraging all these uh, new technologies, especially, uh, you know, APIs, um, one of the key things that we're, we are looking at is how do we enable easier um, connection with other ecosystem players. Um, and, and this linked to, to the previous uh, discussion on, you know, disruptors and disruption in the market. Uh, we see the disruptors and, you know, the fintech and, and the uh, tech fin of the world as more of potential partners uh, than, um, than, than just uh, competitors. Uh, so I, I think we are using these new technologies uh, by leveraging partnership with uh, with these fintech, as well as making sure we have an open architecture using open APIs. Uh, we have open APIs gateway, for example, uh, in order to enable uh, bringing in new innovations to support our business growth and, and, and also to, uh, to, to help ex extend um, the service that we can bring to, to our customers because uh, we can no longer stop at just being, uh, you know, a bank providing uh, deposit and lending services to, to, to customers. Okay. Um, and, and I think one, another uh, important uh, technology that, that we want to, to look into, uh, and of course this, you know, to Brian's point, uh, Brian's point, it has to go hand in hand with a, with the cloud is, you know, data analytics and, and, and AI. You know, that's a bit of uh, 
uh, look to the, to the future in terms of how we uh, accelerate the, uh, the growth uh, through innovations and uh, new technologies. So we, like I was talking about our transformation process going through these three or four work streams that we looked at. And uh, at the end of it, we realized uh, this has to be through partnerships. And the partnerships are of uh, two types. At the front end, where we are connecting the dots in the customer's life, uh, we looked at partnership with where the customer lives. So for example, uh, you know, connect, uh, payment of, let's say, utility bills or daily transportation or even food ordering and e-commerce and areas, several areas like even healthcare, educational institutions, wherever his children are or her children are studying. So, you know, mm -hmm. essentially through a payment mechanism, but also adding credit, have different types of options for the customer. So those were partnerships in the front, front end for making the customer's life easier, making it more convenient. But at the back end, we looked at technology that uh, would enable us to deliver some of these use cases. So we looked at conversational AI, similarly, you know, OCRs for transferring data from a piece of a document, uh, like an electricity bill to make the actual payment or even use it for credit purposes, speech to text technology for analyzing telephone calls that we are having with customers. There are many models which are, uh, uh, which are being developed around the world. We wanted to incorporate them. So essentially, and many of them are related to AI technology, machine learning technology, data analytics, et cetera, that we incorporate at the back end that has already been developed or in the process of developing by bringing it to use cases in our business model, in our market context. We believe in collaboration and learning from others uh, as much as building it ourselves. So we try to typically take the technology, build use cases around it, deploy, and then scale it up. That's how we've been using some of these technologies. But I'd, I'd like to also uh, bring uh, Maya back in. Uh, you know, I mean, looking at all of these, uh, you know, wonderful new uh, emerging technologies, they they also come with associated risks. Um, so Maya, if you if you can also give us a sense in terms of you know what uh, FIs and banks need to be uh, across, uh, you know, when they're deploying or utilizing these uh, new technologies within their own internal uh, processes. Um, so so what do they need to be uh, mindful of? We have seen the success of any organization uh, when using these technologies. It's not for the sake of technology, but if they are really committed and they have use cases and it's going to help them transform the customer journeys, then only we have seen the real benefits coming and emerging out of this. These technologies are going to add more complexities to the, the existing uh, already uh, complexity that the bank has. But some of the things that they need to be also be careful because more and more things go into digital. We have seen the banks are also having to raise their uh, bar on the, uh, the security element, uh, especially when things are becoming digital and everything is getting accessed over the digital, over the network. You see an uh, emergence of a lot of these uh, uh, fraudsters and the cybersecurity threat providers coming into picture and trying to extract information and trying to use that to take the money out of the gullible customers. So we have seen that if banks are not equally engaged and implementing and creating awareness and education around the usage of these technologies, the technologies are going to cause more problem for the end consumers. While convenience is one aspect of it, security also has to be taken care of it in a, in a non-inclusive, non-invasive way. I think that is where the more uh, attention needs to be given. Technology combined with security uh, aspect uh, to be delivering a more convenient way of banking, much faster, much safer, much secure, and much uh, transparent way of doing banking is mm -hmm. what we have seen in the, in the emerging uh, technology area. Banks need to concentrate on this element as well as they 
take the journey on digital transformation. We've spoken about digital transformation, but what does this mean in terms of digitizing at least the core businesses of lending, deposits, and payments? Um, and, and clearly, uh, you know, uh, different banks in different stages, but, you know, to deliver that, that quality of customer experience, having a superior customer journey, how can banks uh, remain the, the, the trusted partners, really, of, of uh, customers? I mean, where's, uh, you know, ACB in terms of their digital transformation journey? What elements are currently missing? How they see the space evolving uh, in the future to make, uh, to make institutions really uh, future-proof? When people ask where we are on our digital transformation journey, mm. I sometimes use the analogy of uh, uh, learning a, a, a new language and become uh, native in that new language. Uh, so, so moving from a traditional business model to a digital first model, um, at first, even though you're fluent in this new language, it's still a second mm. language and you still think in your first language and then you translate from your first language into this new language. Yeah. But as you master this new language, you will start thinking in this new language and there's no more translation. You can use vocabulary in this new language that never existed in your first language. Um, and, and, and to us, that's, that's kind of uh, where we, we are now. We have started to um, kind of become fluent and bilingual in this uh, uh, digital world now, uh, and also bringing in new blood uh, to be more, uh, you know, digitally native. That's something we have to continue uh, to, 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 to maintain and, and build upon. Ecosystem building uh, is the next step for us. We want to be uh, very open, uh, being able to bring in uh, new partners uh, to, to, to bring in new solutions that right. we have uh, right. you know, in, in, into uh, our, our ecosystem in order to, to serve our customers. And we want to, together with them, um, learn and, and, and you know, uh, win and fail with them. Uh, so, so, so yeah, I think the future for us is very much about ecosystem building. Because you also uh, mentioned partnerships and, and, uh, and you know, the, the fact that, you know, there's all these different platforms being built and, and uh, building ecosystems as well. ACB, of course, has, has, uh, has a very progressive mindset, but, you know, there are possibly other players in, in Vietnam today and other uh, of your peers that are perhaps slightly behind the curve in terms of their adoption uh, or moving to the cloud. Um, where do you see uh, the challenges lie? Uh, you know, I mean, uh, looking at, you know, building those key partnerships, is it just partnerships with fintechs? I mean, who, who are you looking to, to really collaborate with uh, in terms of, you know, uh, really leveraging all, all the opportunities that, you know, new technologies provide such as uh, cloud does as well? Uh, number one is the partners who help us bring in new technologies. So, so these are the technology providers. Um, you know the providers of you know like AI platform for 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 EKYC and you know AI platform for data analytics, for example. And the the second um, uh, the, the second type of partners are the partners who who bring solutions to customers. Uh, and we can, uh, together with them, uh, bring new solutions to our customers. As I mentioned before, we don't want to stop at just being a, a financial service provider, you know, providing customer with traditional deposit and loans, but 
we we think that because we are keeping this you know enormous amount of money from people and everything they do needs money right so mm. we have to be alongside with them in whatever they choose and that mm. means we have to be connected to all of these players who are serving our customers so that we can together with them deliver one solutions to our customers and i'll, I'll just pass it on uh, on to kalidas as well uh, you know in terms of how uh, fe credit is is really going about uh, building also uh, uh, ecosystems and specifically the type of ecosystems you're looking to build i think for most part we are focused on uh, making sure that our new it stack is uh, first of all stabilized but also made efficient more efficient and more and more technologies are embedded on it to as i said connect the dots and and make our customers life easier and make them lead their financial life out of our app itself uh, and and build their engagement model with us but i think there are two factors that we are uh, constantly focusing on something which we think are key success factors one is uh, of course personalization uh, hyper personalization so to say and the other is contextuality so you know earlier the whole process of a banking product uh, sales or marketing would be to launch products and contact customers for them to avail the product at at our uh, uh, convenience or at our discretion but uh, to be embedded in a customer's life where the customer can access that product or that service when as and when they require is something which is a is a game changer for from our point of view so i would say that ultimately all the infrastructure that we have set up the capabilities we have built uh, will be useful only when the customer sees value and that value can come only through hyper personalization and contextuality absolutely um, and that is probably the future priorities for us from a digital transformation process Brian, uh, your 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 sense also in terms of uh, you know uh, the future and really looking forward to uh, what uh, your peers in in the Vietnam marketplace can can really learn from uh, you know either uh, you know from big tech or uh, even you know the pure play digital uh, counterparts um, you know in terms of their digital transformation journey. For you, uh, Brian, I couldn't agree more with the other um, with the other panelists, the other esteemed panelists. We're going beyond banking. We actually want banking to be invisible. And the experience to be upfront. Mm -hmm. So our ecosystem is made up of actually four platforms. We have a financial uh, platform. We have a social platform where you can chat, you know, with your people in app. You can uh, race. You can talk to friends. We have a wellness platform, and we're building this up because, for example, that ties into our fourth platform, which is our marketplace. Okay, our ecosystem of merchants. Which were bit which we built, so they can go to one of the Tnex merchants. Mm -hmm. So it's all about experience and loyalty. There is no loyalty uh, typically in banking and traditional banking. You go where the best deal is or the less fees. But loyalty will come from embedding banking, having multiple touch points in a customer's life, generating that loyalty, being there at the times that they need. Where Kalidas is totally right. It's not just about personalized tooling. So doing it at the right time with the right next best offer and the right next best action. When you log on to us, we ask you how you feel because we believe your financial health and your emotional health are, are directly linked. And you know, your lifestyle needs to be supported by us. So banking only should appear when it's needed. Right. And it's not needed for all things, you know, it, but it's needed, of course, for a large portion of what we do in our lifestyles. So right. yes, right. the future is embedded. The future is invisible banking, connected banking, uh, lifestyle banking. It's been called by many names, but it's really 
interesting to see that all three people, you know, three of the panelists are completely on the same page of what the future is <laughs> going to be. So either we're all completely wrong or right. we're, we are all, I, I think it's the latter. I think we're all very excited. Looking at, uh, you know, what those, what those key markers are for success and also really, uh, you know, throw this in there is in terms of whether banks need to be at the center of that ecosystem. So uh, Maya, uh, over to you. See, what we are seeing uh, globally, as you're aware, Pinnacle serves more than uh, uh, in 100 countries across its continents. We have seen two distinct trends taking place. One is power is increasingly moving towards the clients or the end users. The second is uh, the banking is uh, no more banking. The, actually, the experience is more than banking today. Globally, the banks are trying to do is uh, becoming transformation agent for many other industries in terms of changing and learning from them. So this requires for them to look at uh, the digital first, customer first, API first, mobile first, cloud first kind of an approach. And whoever has taken this kind of an approach, I think they will have the, the first leading indicators of being successful in the market. And we've also seen that these are the banks which are going to transform better, engage better, operate better, and innovate better going forward. Uh, clearly, we've uh, established that, uh, you know, I mean, uh, you know, getting the, getting the di digital strategy right, is paramount and, and you know leveraging the you know the wonderful uh, applications that that cloud can provide uh, will certainly set uh, the uh, institutions in the right direction i mean we're living in in a new world um, and and being um, in this permanent state of reinvention of course um, uh, is is not necessarily uh, sustainable in in the long term um, so with that said, uh, I'd like to thank uh, all, all our guests again. Uh, we hope that the audience has benefited from uh, you know, the insights uh, and the experiences shared by our guests. Thank you for listening to Radio Finance. For more content, visit the Asian Banker website and follow us on social media.